How's it going, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the Tomatolito Show. And what a fight weekend we just put to an end. Uh, it started Thursday with uh, Lima Lay McFarlane uh, suffering a defeat at the hands of Juliana Velasquez. Uh, she ends up losing her title. And they, that was a headlining event for Bellator MMA, the closing event for them for 2020. Um, Awesome event, and that got the gears rolling for the weekend that was. Uh, Saturday, we end up having matches everywhere. Fights are popping up everywhere, right? Of course, looking forward to the Joshua versus Kubra Pulev. Joshua ends up pulling out the victory there by way of knockout. Stops Kubra Pulev. Awesome display of heavyweight boxing there. Uh, pretty entertaining fight. Uh, you also saw Huey Fury uh, defeat Marius Wack on that undercard. Uh, good, good win for him. Good solid win for him. What else we saw? Top rank on the top rank, uh, card later that night, at least later for us in the UA, US side. Top rank, of course, functioning out of the bubble at the MGM in Las Vegas. They've done a masterful job with that bubble, uh, in Las Vegas all year. Awesome card. We were supposed to have Burchell and, uh, and Valdez December 12th. Of course, that fight fell through due to COVID-19. Valdez stayed without an opponent. And, uh, we're still waiting to hear if that fight's going to be rescheduled. Shakur Stevenson tried to challenge Oscar Valdez. The fight did not materialize. Shakur Stevenson becomes the headliner of, uh, of the night against Toka Khan Clary. And, uh, and then a good undercard, a good supporting undercard that he had. Uh, we also had the UFC 256, uh, Davison Figueredo against Brandon Moreno. He retains his titles by way of a draw, um, a decision draw, uh, by way of the judges. He retains his title. And this is what they're classifying as the greatest flyweight matchup in MMA history. Uh, definitely in UFC history. And everybody walked away excited. What a great matchup that was. You saw the entire card was fairly solid from the beginning to the end where you saw a multitude of knockout victories. Tisha Torres wins by knockout. Junior Dos Santos got knocked out by Cyril Gane. Um, you saw... Um, who's the other fighter that was there? Cub Swanson. Cub Swanson was in the card early on. He ends up winning by knockout. Of course, the light heavyweight division, which I've been so excited about these last few months and the way that it's going to play out. Uh, Charles Oliveira against, uh, El Cucuy, Tony Ferguson. Uh, what an interesting matchup that was. I think uh, Oliveira, ever since he moved up in weight to this lightweight division, he's no longer drained. I think he's found his groove now. He's fighting at a peak, uh, He's at he's at a peak point of his career right now, and he dominated uh, uh, Tony Ferguson. Uh, he controlled, he outclassed Tony Ferguson by way of the ground game, ends up winning that victory, and I think he's a fight away, if that, uh, from challenging for the lightweight title. He's that good, and he's found his stride, and he's performing as such right now. Um, the main event. Oh, we also saw Mackenzie Dern, right? What an awesome fight she had. She got kneed in the in the in the nose, in the bridge of the nose, and she ends up suffering a broken nose. Uh, so awesome, awesome display uh, on her behalf. Junior Dos Santos getting knocked out. So you name it. I mean, you revisit this card, and you could you could have fun watching this card all over again. What a way for UFC to close out 2020 as far as pay per view goes, because they still have a fight night left. But as far as pay per view, this was a closing pay per view event for them this 2020. Bellator kicked off the gear right on Thursday with their with their closing event. UFC closes out as far as pay-per-views are concerned, closes out 2020 with a top-notch card from top to bottom. Um, 
they're listing it. They're classifying it as the greatest flyweight matchup to uh to ever take place. Whether it was MMA that I heard him make the comment, Joe Rogan uh, was that actually one the one that was commenting this, and then I saw it on numerous threads. You saw Twitter going crazy for this fight. Uh, Brandon Moreno, awesome, awesome kid, man. He leaves these uh he leaves these interviews where he's just so humble. He's so centered, so grounded, and uh, it's it's hard to not be a fan of him and to not cheer for him. And Davis and Figueroa, of course, look, he retains the title, but wow, that was a hard, that was a hard fought match. And you know that there's going to be a rematch for this fight. If you didn't see it, go back and take a look at this. See if you could, uh, if you could get your hands on it and, and watch it. Awesome, entertaining fight. We jump over to top rank and in the bubble, right? MGM. You saw Edgar Berlanga. Edgar Berlanga, who's starting to become a hype train here. It's not, it's not show. I mean, he, his entire professional career to date, uh, extends to 16 rounds. His professional career, he's only fought 16 rounds. Every single one of his victories are by way of knockout. He's 16 and 0 with 16 knockouts all in the first round. The guy is a show to watch right now. He's doing good things. He's doing big things. He talks his game, but he's very grounded as well. When he gives his interviews, you listen to him. He knows he's very confident in his power. He's very confident in, in his abilities. He's ready to step up in competition. And um, at one point during the, the post-fight interview, they ask him, how are you going to get rounds if you're continuously knocking everybody out and putting them away in the first first round? And he, and he answered very, uh, very honestly and very, very grounded of him to say, we need to step up in competition. The step up in competition will provide me additional rounds. And uh, so he, he's very aware of where he's at in his career. The sky's the limit for him. 16 and 0, 16 knockouts, and he is performing time in and time out. And I can't wait to see him again. Hopefully opposition gets a little bit better for him and he's able to at least make it out of the first round. If not, the streak's alive. I would love to see how far he could take the streak of first round knockouts. And, uh, and, and as far as staying undefeated all by knockout victories, this would be awesome to see. It's cool to jump on that train and, and ride it out for as long as we can. Let's see, let's see what's, uh, what's in store, what Edgar Berlanga has in store for us. Uh, from there, you saw on the top rank card, uh, Felix Verdejo. I, I love Felix Verdejo's his boxing. I've been a long time fan of his and he's just had some defeats. It's all, he always runs into this opposition. Um, there's been a lot of issues that have, that have plagued them, whether it's been injuries or the change of teams, change of, uh, change of destinations or locations as far as where he's training at. He was training at the island of Puerto Rico and then he comes here to the U.S. And so there's always been a stuff, a bunch of stuff that has plagued him, uh, through the years. Nonetheless, he shows up and he's putting on, uh, putting on a masterful performance in his Nakatani. Uh, Masayoshi Nakatani, if you recall, on one of the earlier episodes that I had, that's the one, the one, um, opponent where people were criticizing Teofimo Lopez for not looking himself, for not looking as explosive as he normally is, for not being able to put away Nakatani, uh, where, where he looked like he wasn't the top tier, uh, fighter that he is. Uh, so going into the Lomachenko fight, that was the one fight that everybody's looking back at and criticizing, um, 
and pointing the finger towards as far as Delfimo Lopez, Nakatani, look at what he just did yesterday. And it's it's also going to be a candidate. As far as I saw, they're starting to consider it as a candidate for fight of the year. And I I wouldn't put it past anybody. Cepeda Berenchik, of course, was one of the ones that, that's slated to be the um, the winner of, uh, or at least everybody was considering that as a fight of the year uh, to date. Listen, uh, holy crap, Nakatani, Verdejo, Verdejo takes it to him, drops him, drops him multiple times. Nakatani comes back towards the end. And if I recall correctly, I saw so many fights, so I hope my memory doesn't fail me, but I believe it was the ninth round where Nakatani catches him uh, straight on the bridge of the nose, pushing Verdejo, his hands wail out, and he ends up floating, basically just backpedaling back into the ropes, just out of it. And, uh, and so he gets that knockdown. He comes back. He says he's okay. Uh, and as soon as he comes back, we see the angle of the camera. You see an overhand right haymaker thrown by Nakatani, which catches. And it kept catching Verdejo throughout the fight. That same punch, you didn't realize how strong it was. That same punch that Verdejo looks like he's blocking. And it's hitting a partial glove, partially towards the, the lower part of the ear on his left side and partially his his outer forearm catching his wrist and outer forearm catching that punch and deflecting the majority of the power on that punch time and time again Nakatani had success with that punch even though it seemed like it was blocked and it may have been scored that way as it wasn't landing flush or cleanly it was still having a huge effect on Verdejo and you don't realize it until the end now the angle that we're watching this you end up seeing that overhand haymaker that right that right haymaker come and hit Verdejo similar to what it had done uh, in prior rounds but it's not the punch that took Verdejo out it was actually a sneaky short uh, left punch like a rabbit style punch to the bridge of Verdejo's nose and puts him down the haymakers what we see everybody failed to see that sneaky left hand and it caught him right on the spot from where he had hurt Verdejo to cause and affect that first knockdown he catches him on the bridge of the nose and face plants him. Verdejo ends up on his body. He ends up face down on the mat and the referee waves the match off. Nakatani with the victory and that post-fight interview, he ends up asking to fight Teofimo Lopez again and he sees him defeating Teofimo Lopez by knockout. Next time, should he face him again, he wants that fight. He wants to avenge that decision loss to uh, to Teofimo Lopez. That would be an awesome fight to uh, to see again. Nakatani is no joke. And again, just like when we saw with Kubra uh, Pulev earlier in the day with the Joshua fight, Nakatani, all heart, all heart, just a warrior in there, not stopping. He was not leaving with a loss. He was determined to do whatever he had to do to not leave with the loss. And he did it. And he takes out uh, Felix Verdejo. I, I was hurting a little bit because I've been such a big fan of Felix Verdejo. El Diamante takes another loss and I was hurting a little bit. But you can't oversee the effort and the fight that Nakatani uh, provided us with. And the, the talent behind Nakatani, the, the stick-to-itiveness of taking it constantly, going forward and putting Verdejo on pressure, even though he was down early in the fight, just continuing to fight. How do you see past that? It's sad that Verdejo took a loss. Uh, it was an awesome performance that Verdejo was doing for the first portion of the fight and uh, and throughout the fight at that matter. I mean, it was just it was just a hard fought 
back and forth fight and somebody had to lose and it sucks that it was Verdejo, but Nakatani, you cannot overlook him or think he got lucky or the man is, the man is solid. He's an awesome fighter, an awesome boxer. And, uh, and I can't wait to see another one of his fights. Then we move on to the main event, and of course, Shakur Stevenson. What's he going to look like this go-around? Shakur Stevenson puts on a dominant performance. This, of course, he, he didn't win by knockout. We were looking for that explosive finish, but we got an explosive performance and an awesome performance on uh, from his behalf uh, by way of boxing. The technique was on point. The boxing skill was on point. His hand speed, his power, his movement, his IQ. He just dominated that fight from beginning to end. And um, he comes at you. This is not a, a Devin Haney style uh, trying to outbox the opponent, use his speed, circling the, circling the ring, using angles, and, uh, and of course, having the, the support of the, the hand speed. This guy comes at you. Shakur Stevenson, he's filling up very well for that weight. I see him moving up fairly quickly. Maybe in the next couple matchups or so, he should be two, three matches and he'll be moving up to 135. He's filling up his frame fairly well. He's still young. He's got speed. He's got power and he's not afraid to come at you. And that's the scary part about Shakur Stevenson. The sky's the limit for him. This is not someone to take lightly and he's letting you know this was the biggest step up in competition in his career to date he's 15 and 0 to date this is the biggest step up and this was no joke toka kong clary was a solid opponent solid record he had double the amount of fights that that uh if not more than uh than what the uh, what shakur has sorry having a little little brain fart there but man shakur just the way that he looked, the way that he performed, I I hope he doesn't come back. One, I hope he doesn't sit out. He wants to fight the winner of Jamel Herring and Frampton. I hope he doesn't sit out too long waiting for that fight to happen. That fight is, is set. It was set originally to take place uh, this December. It's now been moved to January, and if it gets delayed again, I hope that Shakur Stevenson doesn't stay sitting around waiting for the winner of that fight, uh, whether it's Jamel Herring or Carl Frampton. There's other fighters out there. He could take on a Michael Magnessi. That would be a good step up in competition for him. There's Jojo Diaz out there. Um, if he's going to stay at 130, I mean, you name it. Gervonta Davis has a title, right? We just saw him retain that title against uh, against Leo Santa Cruz at 130, although he's a little bit bigger for 130. And that would be a, a big step up for Shakur Stevenson, Gervonta Davis. Maybe I see that happening in about three or four fights. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, but there's a lot of live opposition there. Uh, if he chooses to go down to 126 or any of the 126 guys come up to 130 of notable name, uh, say uh, Emmanuel Navarrete comes up or Josh Warrington, who's a, Warrington, who's a champion at 126. Shakur could always go down. He's young enough to where he could control his weight, uh, in that manner. Once they get older and they fill in that body, then they usually start getting, uh, harder for them to do these weight cuts. And then they start moving up fairly quickly, similar to what we saw Terrence Crawford experience and something similar to what I see Gervonta Davis, uh, doing here in the next coming fights. Um, Wow. I mean, I can't wait to see him again. Jojo Diaz would be awesome if we're able to secure that fight. Jojo Diaz, of course, has a title in that, in that division. Um, and then, uh, hopefully we see him against Oscar Valdez and Burchelt. Should that fight not materialize between those two and get rescheduled early on in the year in 2021, then let's get Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez. 
the Jamel Herring would be an awesome opposition. Shakur Stevenson, Jamel Herring, if he's willing to step up that high to Jamel Herring and Jamel Herring being one of the better fighters at 130, listen, if he's willing to take that matchup up next, then take on Jojo Diaz. Uh, who else is there at that division? Gervonta would be right there with Jamel Herring. That would be a pick em fight, Jamel Herring and, and Gervonta Davis. Why not take on Gervonta then? If you're ready for that opposition, Shakur Stevenson looks ready. He looks the part. He's not just the talk. He's living the part. He's displaying it and he's coming at you. He's not going to just try to outbox you. He's going to outbox you because he's just that good. He's not trying to outbox you by circling and uh, and staying away and backpedaling and not having much action. He's coming at you. So you got to be ready for that. And uh, and I don't see him stopping. I don't see him changing his style in the next few fights. I think he's going to take over this uh, 130 division. And um, if it gets to be between him and, and Miguel Burchelt, when, if, and when that fight happens for the unification or the lineal title of the 130, of course, Miguel Burchell is running that division right now. If and when that fight happens, I mean, wow, that's going to be a headlining event. That's going to be a super sellout of a fight. So a lot of awesome things happening. Awesome fight weekend for us, right? And we still have some more fights left in the next few days. Of course, Canelo's still coming up against Callum Smith. Uh, Triple G's still going to be out. Uh, some UFC events are still left. So a lot of good matchups. I think Sergio Martinez has his fight also next Saturday on the same night as Canelo. So a lot, and that's his comeback fight, of course. So it's not as a... Uh, not at the top tier as this, but it's always cool to see how these fighters uh, are coming back. The ones that are trying to make a comeback and try to keep an eye on them and see see how they're looking. If they're actually going to be serious or if it's just something that they're just going to do to gather a few wins. But we'll touch on that on that fight and all these upcoming fights in the next few days. I'll put out some episodes in regards to those awesome fight weekend for all of us. The weekend that was uh, December 10th through December 12th. Awesome, awesome fight weekend to close out this 2020. At least one of the one of the ones to close out 2020. Still have some more boxing, some more MMA left in the next couple weeks. But wow, congratulations to you, the fight fans. Thank you guys again for tuning in, and I'll talk to you all soon. Take care.